0: thank you for tuning in to faith worship centers weekly sermon we hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth i think it's uh it's pretty incredible that since uh moving out here in 1977 i've pretty much stayed around with the exception of 11 months that's that's pretty cool even though I don't like cold weather, I have stayed around. And, and there's something that's so special about New England because you go through this difficulty of a tough winter, you know. And I, I, I know some people say we don't really have tough winters anymore. But I did go through the blizzard of 78. And you go, you go through these, these winters, and then something happens like right around in March, like about mid-March, the birds start singing a lot louder, a lot more active. You know, the sun is nice and warm, even though it might be cold outside and windy. The sun's sun's getting warm. And then April hits, and then the weather starts going up into the 50s. And then May hits. Things are turning green. The flowers are popping out. And it just feels like you got a whole new life. And I've noticed that about living in New England. is it, It's just like you come to life in the spring, right? See? You guys are all on board with me. That's good. Great. We can and um I I must say the first my first spring here I don't know why I'm saying this other than spring is coming, I guess, but my first spring here, I was on a military bus and I was heading out to um Westover Air Force Base and going along two hundred two and we're passing all these fields that are brilliant green, some of the most beautiful green fields I think I've ever witnessed in my life, filled with dandelion flowers all throughout the fields. Am I making you hungry for spring yet? Are you getting there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we were uh, so nicely interrupted by Bob last week on our, that wonderful message on Kiss Me with the Kisses of Your Mouth, which was actually just so fun to listen to, we are in a series on prayer, and I would like to jump back into that um, and uh, we're going to look actually in, and uh, look at this, the prayer that Jesus prayed in John chapter seventeen and i 've titled this message for uh, lack of any other uh, reason other than this kind of hones in on the whole purpose of this this topic on prayer was uh, to focus on our connection with heaven is what really, really prayer is it 's like our focus on our connection with heaven and that's what prayer is and there are different types of prayers that go in that line but we're going to be looking today at praying with Jesus not just to Jesus you guys with this this is really uh, I'm really excited about this message it's kind of burning in me so in John chapter 16:33 Jesus says these things I have spoken to you That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is good news any time of the day, any time of the week. This news works as good all the time. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. John chapter 17, Jesus spoke these words, and he lifted up his eyes to heaven, and he said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent I have glorified you on the earth I have finished the work which you have given me to do Now the life of Jesus really does exemplify a person who is living on earth but in heaven at the same time and he's he's back and forth you know he goes if we started this series he goes off into the wilderness to pray, he gets goes off to get alone, and he escapes from all the noise and all the other surroundings. He's, often is how the word says he goes off often to pray into the wilderness by himself, and I believe that it ex, is, uh, exemplifies in his life our necessity to stay connected uh, to the source of heaven, to stay connected to our Father, and I love how he says this that. that it's the Father that that gives eternal life and that Jesus gives eternal life to those who believe. And I love the concept of eternity because eternity is now. You know what I mean? It's not like when we die, suddenly we go to e- eternity. We are in eternity right now. And this is when Jesus prayed. He prayed eternally. He prayed into that place of eternity. He, he looked, you know, it says that his eyes, okay, the, the Greek language is a little bit different. I had to look the, up this... Text because i I've always thought that when he lifted his eyes, he was lifting his head to look up to heaven it's not what it says in the Greek in the Greek, it actually says that he exalted his mind's eye, the faculty of knowing. Now, how many of you thought when you read that in the English that he lifted his head up that it was just like he's lift, he's looking upwards, right? He's looking upwards, but he's looking into a spiritual realm, and it's, he's not lifting his head up to heaven. It says he exalted his knowledge up to heaven. And I think the simplest way to interpret this is that Jesus turned his attention toward heaven when he prayed. So it's not like he's doing this, because we know that heaven isn't really up. It's all around. It's like right now in this room, there are angels in this room. Some people have a spiritual eye that they can actually see and perceive angels. I can perceive them, I can't see them all the time, but a lot of times I can feel angels in this room. And they're around us all the time. And we've lived with this understanding for a long time. We've adjusted our perspective and our thoughts with with the idea that angels are here to assist assist us. We have guardian angels, each of us, right? My guardian angel has bailed me out many times. He's bailed me out a lot. And we have these angels that protect us and watch over us. But they're all around all the time. And we know when we read in scriptures that the angels are in heaven before their Father's face. So the angels are right here. The Father is right here. Heaven is all around us. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He literally meant it's sat far away from us. It's, it's as far as you can stretch your hand. That's, that's the farthest that it is. So he's exemplifying a life that lives in prayer, lives in the eternal moment, lives in the place of seeing what's in heaven and bringing that here to earth. It's why our vision of a church is to live as a people of God, who bring the will of God, or to live as a people who bring the will of God and the power of his kingdom here on heaven as it is on earth. It's why we have this vision. It's why we believe that we're connected to heaven all the time. We're not separated from heaven. We don't live in a place that's apart from living in heaven. We live in a place where we're joined together. We're, We're united. Okay? So, Paul gets this revelation. The Apostle Paul wrote later on, He says, Have your eyes set on things above. You know this scripture? Have your eyes set on things above, not on things of this earth. It's the same thing. It's like it's how Jesus lifted his eyes towards heaven. He he went in there on purpose with knowing, with the understanding, with the reality that his father was right there with him and was never going to leave him. I, I think one of the things that I've understood throughout the years as I've looked at Jesus and his life of prayer is that he prayed from the position of his identity as a son of God. He prayed as a son. He he prayed from his identity. He wasn't out of that position. He wasn't out of his identity when he went into prayer. I think a lot of us get mixed up in prayer life when we lose our identity in prayer. I have probably fumbled a lot of prayers by losing my identity in prayer. Uh, Maybe it's during a time of crisis. Maybe it's during a time of intense intensity or there's a a trial or something that's going on in my life and I start feeling like I have to beg God to hear me anybody else feel like that wow I don't see any hands that's scary okay well you know a, a lot of times if we if we've lost if we've lost the knowledge that God is with us all the time that he he has saved us he has saved us for eternity to know God is eternal if we lose that concept, a lot of times we'll find ourselves pleading, begging, thinking that God isn't hearing us. We're going into an understanding of our own mind, into the, the earthly realm, and we're caught up with all the earthly things, and all the things that are happening all around us are throwing confusion and chaos into our minds, and it's blocking us from understanding that we are identified, united, and in, in joint union with Jesus and with the Father, and that is eternal. It, it is now. Happens all the time. And I think that a lot of us can increase our prayer life into a position of powerful praying. When we keep our identity, who we are in Christ. When we pray from that identity, it's, we're praying from heaven's will. We're praying as the Father wants to see things prayed. And as the Father is directing us and leading us. You see, we've been identified with the Father as children of God. The Epistle of John says this you are children of God. Uh, Romans, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, we are the sons of God. So that's giving us an identity that we get to pray from. It's giving us an identity that we get to actually go along with God's identity for us and pray from that identity. <laughs> Is that how you pray? (laughs) I just wonder. Is that how you pray? Do you pray from your identity as a son of God? I'm asking a simple question not to accuse, not to point a finger. But I'm asking a simple question. Is have you known that your prayers are heard? And have you felt the presence of God as you pray? And have you sensed heaven right in the room as you are praying? praying and coming as a son. I would challenge you, and I would actually encourage you to bring this with you the next time you go into your prayer closet, the next time you're in with God. Position yourself with Him based on your identity and who He says that you are. And you'll, find a, you'll begin to find a whole new level of praying in this realm. And I, I believe that's what Jesus is doing here when he lifts up his his eyes into that place. He's he's looking into that place. He's he's going there in his knowledge. He's going there with his understanding. He's going there with his spirit and he's in that place of prayer. And as he's he's praying this, he's just saying, you know, that your Son may always glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work that you have given me to do. Praying from that identity, praying from that location, so to speak, praying in that place where uh, the angels are all around listening and they're worshiping around the throne room of God and praying from that place of so much presence and such intensity of, of passion and feeling you can just sense the spirit and the presence of God sitting there with you, or kneeling there with you, or whatever your position and bodily form might be. Um, I, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking of you know since I started this series, I talked about uh, praying from the hot tub. I'm thinking of maybe, maybe like titling a book <laughs> in the hot tub with Jesus or something like that, right? And it's it's like... Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then he goes on in verse 5. And now, O Father, glorify me together with Yourself with the glory which I had with You before the world was. I have manifested Your name to the men whom You have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have are given me that are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Here Jesus is praying for those who are closely related to him, those who are following him. And I, I feel like there's really something to this that, um, you know, we didn't come into believing. We didn't wake up one morning and say, I think I'll become a believer today. At least most of us. Maybe some of you did. Maybe you had a dream at night and you just instantly woke up and said, I think I'll believe today. But most of us have had a journey into that. Um, and I also believe that we didn't come there alone. I feel that, you know, for my own self personally, I came into the kingdom from a a mom who was praying for me for for my whole life. And when I walked away from God and was away from Him for seven years, didn't believe He even existed, didn't believe He was around, didn't believe He answered any of my prayers, and I just turned my back and walked away. My mom went to prayer for me. I'm telling you, she was like the hound dog of heaven, and she sent the holy she told me this years later I, I sent the hound dog of heaven after you the holy spirit i said holy spirit you go after him and you find that boy put christians all around him don't ever let him go outside of the voice of your words outside of your presence so i go into the hardest branch of the military and special forces and guess who i run into christians Believers, sold out guys in special forces, man, they were sold out for Jesus. (laughs) Special forces guys. Now there were a lot of them that weren't sold out for God. Believe me. And they would; these believers would gather uh, guys together, anyone that would listen, in the, the team rooms that we had, where we had cages, and we had three cages in our team room. They we called them cages. They were. Hard to explain what they were, but they were, they had fences around them, and oh, okay. But we're inside a building, and so you know, I remember walking by one time, and this is when I'm I'm nearly at I'm at almost at the peak of my rebellious sinful state. Sin just isn't becoming fun anymore. I feel like I'm more of a slave to sin. When I first got into sin, it was fun, everything was fun. everything looked so fun every all my friends are having fun. Why can't I have fun because i'm in church? That's why I can't have fun blah 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 right and so i'm I'm going off into sinville and then uh i I've, I've been in it for a while, and now it's leading me down a pathway of destruction it's leading me into a place where i'm self destroying i'm I'm destroying who my identity really was i'm I'm just Basically in a place where I'm separating myself from God. He's not separating himself from me because my mom was praying that the Holy Spirit, the hound dog of the whole heaven, would get get after me, right? And so he's He's staying, he's staying with me. He's, he's pressing me, but he's also not forcing himself on me. He's letting me make my own poor decisions, and my poor decisions are starting to lead me down a path of, of dread and misery. And I walked by the team house one day, and and here Gary was. And Gary is sitting around. He's got about 12 guys in this little cage. And they're all with such attentiveness, listening to, listening to him preach the gospel to them. And I'm walking by. And he knew my, my history, you know, because we had talked. He had already tried to, you know, conform me. <laughs> and so he knew my history. And I come walking by and he goes, hey, Daryl, come on in. You know all about this in! Tell these guys! I just looked at him like, man, you got four heads on you, and I just kept right on walking. I didn't even bother. And I was like, don't, don't do this. You know? But the Lord was after me. He, He had his hand on my life. I couldn't get away from Christians. Even in one of the hardest places, I could not get away from Christians. They were there. And my mom was praying. And I remember the day that I called my My mom and dad is after I sit on that bunk, and I've told this story before, after I sat on that bunk and asked Jesus to forgive me and to, to take me back. If you just take me back, I'll serve you the rest of my life. And I remember calling my mom after that saying, Mom, guess what happened to me today? She didn't wait for me to tell her. She started going into the spirit realm and started praying in tongues out loud on the phone. And she started crying. And she said, I have been looking forward to this phone call for a long time. Jesus prays for those who follow him. He prays for those who are close to him. And he prays for those who are far away. He never stops praying for humanity. This is the goodness of God. He will never give up on humanity. No matter how far away from him we might wander, he will keep pursuing and keep going after us. Hebrews chapter 7 says, But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, Jesus is also able to save to the utmost those who come to God through Him, since He always lives. Everybody say, always lives. Since He always lives to make intercession for them. This is why I believe that rather than always praying to Jesus, we need to pray with Jesus. There's a place of intercession that we can go for this world. There's a place of intercession that we can go for others for other believers. And I'll tell you something that uh, praying for believers is not criticizing believers. Okay, It's not criticizing the church. It's not criticizing how Christians are. Because I know we're peculiar people and I know we can we can seemingly do some strange, bizarre things. But criticizing believers will never get you into a place where you need to be. Praying and interceding with Jesus who always sits at the right hand of God to pray and intercede for us. That's where we connect in that place of intercession, in that place of prayer. And that's what we get called to. That's where my mom felt that calling for me. That's where I've felt that calling for our children. That's where I've felt that calling even for our grandchildren now. And it's just in that place of just, God, send them encounters, send them encounters, put them around people that are going to share your love with them and share their goodness with them. Give them encounters. And that's how we can pray for people. That's how I've been praying for New England for all these years. This is our 33rd year. We're going in our 33rd year of starting this church. And we started this church on a prayer journey one night on a fall night. And it was a dark, drizzly night. A typical New England fall drizzly night. And we're just going into these towns all throughout New England, just praying, praying, Lord, show us where you want us to start a church. And we drove up to the bridge over here in Pepperell and both of us at the same time just sensed God saying, this is it. This is the place. What happened? What happened is we had our eyes lifted towards heaven. We had our eyes lifted into that place where our our knowledge was connected to the Father and we're driving down the road connected to the Father and we sensed heaven's call. We sense heaven's movement. We sense something about heaven to give us a signal to know this, this was the place to start the church. So criticizing believers won't do you any good. It's, just, it's not one of the signs of following Jesus. One of the signs of following Jesus is to pray for believers. To intercede with him for believers. Because he is never going to stop praying for us. He's never going to stop believing for his church. He's never going to stop and turn his back and turn away and say, I can't take this anymore from these people. (laughs) He's going to keep going and keep moving. Because you know why? Because he believes. He believes in you. And he believes in me. And he's given us an identity as children of God. When Jesus looked at Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. He was not being critical of Peter. I hope you understand that. I mean, you've got to see this picture. They're walking along the road. Peter says something, basically saying, Lord, this is never going to happen to you. I will die for you. I'll never let these people come and take you and, and mistreat you. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, Get behind me, Satan. When he said, Get behind me, Satan, he wasn't talking to Peter. He was talking to who was influencing Peter. Once again, it exemplifies living from heaven's realm where you're aware of the spiritual things that are happening around you. You're aware and conscious that there's another realm that's out there and that there's influencers from heaven and there's influencers from hell. And they're trying to influence humans all the time. It doesn't stop. It doesn't end. It it takes place 24-7 when we're awake, when we're asleep. Influencers are constantly trying to influence us, trying to pull us into to their realm. And the reality is, is that there are sometimes, even the ones that are closest to Jesus, sometimes they can be influenced by the enemy. And, and sometimes it, they need feedback. Sometimes as believers, feedback is necessary to kind of shake us and rattle us. And I believe that's what Jesus was doing when he rebuked Satan when Peter had made that statement. Because he recognized that statement was going to, contrary to what God's will was for his life. And he calls Satan out for it. And Peter just happened to be the person that had said it. But I tell you, that it didn't lessen Jesus' love for Peter. He, he didn't look at Peter and say, what the heck is the matter with you? How can you even be listening to that jerk? How can you be listening to the devil? What's, what's wrong with you? Wake up, man. Wake up. He wasn't like that. He was addressing Satan. He was confronting Satan. Why? Because he has overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. He has overcome that which is in the world. He knew that Satan was trying to play a power hand and trying to manipulate Peter to get Peter into doing Satan's will. But Jesus looks at the devil, rebukes him. At that point, I believe that the power of the devil's suggestion was gone. It was just leveled. Boom. And Peter's probably like, what the? Did he, did he just call me Satan? Did Jesus just call me Satan? No, I don't believe Peter was even aware of what was going on. I really don't. I believe that's how it goes. You can you can study this yourself, but you'll find throughout the Scriptures that Jesus would say things and the disciples didn't have a clue what he was talking about. Not a clue. They were just like, oh, I don't know. all right, Okay. let's go to the next village alright I gotta get off that bunny trail verse 9 I pray for them I do not pray for the world but for those whom you have given me for they are yours and all and all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them I want you to catch what he's saying here because he's He's praying from his identity, and he's praying from the identity that he and the Father are one. That there is not a separation. It's not like the Father's way out there. It's like the Father's right there. Okay, Connected. They've got this connection. There's a oneness. There's a union between them. There's not a distance. There's not a separation. And let me tell you something. Just who God is and just who Jesus is, where Jesus is a heavenly man and 1 Corinthians 15 equates... It equates all that he was doing and all that he was setting up for believers. He was not just doing this alone for himself and for his dad. He was doing it for us. He was doing it for those who would believe. He was setting an example. Not just setting an example, but he was being and living the example of how we get to live and how our identity moves us into his kingdom, into his realm. And he says... Mine is yours, yours is mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was there with them in the world, I in fact, you know what? I, I'd like you just to close your eyes right now, and we're going to we're going to go into a place right now and into a place of the Spirit, and we're going to let these words settle over each of you so you can can hear them and experience them as Jesus was praying them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have joy and my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified in the truth. Amen. That's that's good stuff right there. I mean, he's just Jesus is praying this. And I... You know, the, the scripture in uh, Hebrews, it says he's, he's always praying. He never stops praying. I believe that these words are so powerful, they carry an eternal measurement to them. They do not stop. They do not go into uh, non-existence. They continue to exist, even to this day. As he prayed them, as he stood on the earth back then, 2,000 years ago, and as he's making this prayer, these words are going out into the atmosphere, and they're eternal words, and they're staying in the atmosphere. And they're here even now today. And there is this ability for us to grab a hold and experiencing these words as if they were just spoken by Jesus himself. And then he does this. He goes into praying for everyone. In verse 20, he says, I do not pray for those alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, and that you also may be one in us, in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you have given me. I love this prayer right now. This is like such a good, timely prayer, man. It's like the whole world is in a crisis right now. And it's been going on for a long, long time. And these words that Jesus prayed for our earth are still in the atmosphere. They're still living. They're still empowered to create the results from heaven, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfectly in in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me for you love me before the foundations of the world, O oh, righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known you and, and that have sent me, known that you have sent me, and I have declared to them your name and will declare it. That the love which you love me may be in them and I in them. That they may be one as we are one. That is unity. That is where Jesus is coming from in this place of having his eyes lifted into the realms of heaven. Having his eyes lifted into the will of the Father. And he's praying this prayer of unity. And he's he's coming into this place that they may be one as we are. R one. I'm going to wrap it up right there. If you could stand with me. I'll continue next week in, in the rest of this message. But I feel like we just need to just... Pray right now that we just would just focus on all that Jesus prayed and that his words are still living and that they're very much active even now, even today. And just put your hand on your heart if you would and just say this with me. Jesus, we receive your word. We receive your intercession for our lives. We thank you that you care for us. We thank you that you pray for us every day. Teach us to pray. Amen. Wow. I um <laughs> I I love this house. I love this church so much. I love who God has put here. And I love what He is continuing to do. You guys are bold and brave warriors in the spirit. You are people who are living through something that your parents didn't have to live through. And here you are standing together as believers, knowing that God has not left you, and He's not forsaken you, and He is with you all the days of your life. Good job, you guys. Good job. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org.